0: Hi, Frank Rose. Welcome to Savvy Broadcasting, Unleash Your Story. I'm so grateful to have you here today. We're going to talk about your latest book, The Sea We Swim In, How Stories Work in a data driven world, uh, we don't realize how important stories make up our lives and frame the way we think and see the world. But you're going to share more of those details uh, with our audience. First, just share a little bit about your background so everyone can get an idea of how you came to where you are today.
1: Uh, sure. Okay. Um, first off, thank you so much for having me. I'm very glad to be here.
0: Oh, you you um, Frank.
1: Okay. I um, so I basically my background is as a journalist I uh, uh, came to New York um, right after college I grew up and went to school in Virginia Uh, I I came to New York and started writing first for the Village Voice and then Rolling Stone and then Esquire I did a couple of books along the way Uh, and um, by the late 90s I was writing for Fortune and then uh, right at the end of the 90s I joined uh, Wired and I was uh, contributing editor there for for 10 years. Uh, And uh, essentially what happened was my beat at Wired, so to speak, was uh, stories at the intersection of media and technology. And at a certain point uh, toward the uh, end of the ops, I realized that the way people were telling stories was changing and changing in response to digital technology. And that led me to essentially leave the magazine uh, and um, start work on my um, book, The Art of Immersion, which came out in 2011. Wow.
0: That's amazing to me. Now, and, and then uh, The Sea We Swim In, is that your latest book? Has it hit the market yet?
1: Yes, uh, it's out now. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, uh, after The Art of Immersion came out, mm-hmm. I joined the um, uh, staff at Columbia and the Columbia Digital Storytelling Lab Uh, I started an awards program there for digital storytelling. I uh, also started an executive education program that's presented by Columbia University School of the Arts in partnership with Columbia Business School. The program is is called Strategic Storytelling, It's about, uh, you know, essentially how to tell stories that uh, that really matter, that are sort of key to identifying you or your organization or Mm -hmm. your purpose. And uh, the uh, at a certain point, I started developing a toolkit for the book. And then I realized, you know what, I should expand the toolkit into a book. That's the sea we swim in.
0: Wow. And so what have you noticed? Because you've been in this whole arena and you've seen the evolution of narrative and stories and how it comes across and is used in our everyday life. How has things changed since social media hit the horizons?
1: Well, social media is certainly a big part of it, but it's not the only part. Uh, You know, what what happened with the um, uh, that led to the art of immersion was uh, uh, Well, I'll I'll tell you a little story. There was an interview that I did with James Cameron in 2006, and that's what really set me off in this direction. Uh, He was in Montreal on a soundstage where someone else was directing the first feature film to be made using the uh, stereoscopic camera, the 3D camera that he had invented. And uh, so he didn't have a lot to do, is the truth and uh, so that was perfect for me i got a lot of time with him and at a certain point i asked him about avatar avatar was widely expected to be his next film but it had not yet been greenlit it had been in development for at least 10 years and so i asked him about it he didn't want to really go into any details of course what he did say was that it, it was a Uh, a sort of an Edgar Rice Murrow style action adventure film that takes place on another planet. And he went on to say this, which really changed my whole way of thinking, which is uh, he said the best way for him, the best way to tell such a story is uh, to create almost like a fractal experience. So if you're a casual fan, you can just watch the movie and that's fine. But if you're a more committed fan, You can go in deeper and deeper, and almost like in powers of ten, and the pattern will still hold. And what I realized, uh, you know, gradually over the next few months and a couple of years, was that this was really the key to a whole new form of storytelling that was emerging in response to digital. Social media is part of it, but uh, but there's lots of other stuff that's uh, that's involved as well.
0: So. I, I loved that movie Avatar. So was it more about making it experiential and and bringing people in to participate with the movie to make it more like they're part of the experience?
1: That's a very big part of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, that, around that time, uh, developed um, this phenomenon called alternate reality games, where people sort of Uh, You know, created an experience around a a movie, typically, uh, but sometimes it could be a video game uh, like Halo. Uh, And the idea was to, you know, sort of create this fiction around the story, uh, and a fiction that the the audience would have to help decipher and and have to decipher, you know, together, communally, online, and. Uh, this was, um, you know, sort of a, became a pretty big phenomenon for several years, and I think really set the stage for for what's happening now, which is kind of an alternate, you know, version of that. But it was, uh, you know, the idea was you were sort of pretending that the story was real, and all these clues and so forth were being dropped, uh, and uh, online clues, puzzles, you know, all kinds of things, and. Uh, the audience, the online audience, would you know work together to solve all these problems and mm-hmm. and figure out what the you know what the story is. Uh, and in the process, they would get involved. They would you know, mm-hmm. so, and, and in some cases even physically, there were you know there were like physical events that happened uh, mm-hmm. you know that were that were part of the part of the movie uh, mm-hmm. scenario, part of the alternate reality game. Ultimately, I realized that, you know, there was a precedent for this. It was the um, fan clubs of uh, of Sherlock Holmes, you know, back in the 30s. Uh, they, and still today, they, uh, you know, persist in the fiction, you know, sort of a wink, wink, that the Sherlock Holmes stories were real, uh, that Arthur Conan Doyle was not the author. He was just the agent. Uh, and. Uh, Uh, and, you know, the sort of elaborate, uh, very elaborate fiction uh, that's created around the fiction.
0: Wow. Uh, You know, this is interesting. I I wonder where this will go. Now, we heard recently Mark Zuckerberg talk about metaverse. And I'm wondering, where do you see all of this going in the near future with the way we tell stories and what you've talked about a little bit? Is this going to kind of expand into what you've just mentioned, where we're going to kind of be living inside of these alternate realities?
1: Well, in a way, I think it already has. Um, and to some extent, you know, they're fun and, the, you know, they can be enjoyable. Uh, you know, at the same time, uh, what is QAnon if not an alternate reality? Uh, and it's an alternate reality that people actually believe in. And you know, large numbers of people, no matter how outrageous and absurd it might seem. And uh, so, so yeah, I think that's uh, I think that is what's happening. And I think there's a, a you know, kind of a kind of a uh, distancing from or a separation from reality that's uh, that seems to be going on in the culture at large. That is, uh, you know not always great um Mm -hmm. but as a fan phenomenon as something that you know accompanies a movie or Mm -hmm. or a video game or something like that it's certainly you know obviously it's fine um i think the metaverse uh it's going to be quite a while before we have a real functioning metaverse Uh, you know Mm -hmm. it requires a lot of technology that has not been invented yet mark zuckerberg notwithstanding Uh, and um And and the other thing is, you know, I think that if uh, if (laughs) frankly Zuckerberg doesn't have a terribly good track record with Facebook, um, and uh, uh, if he thinks that he can, you know, sort of uh, do a bait and switch and uh, you know convert Facebook into a sort of corporate metaverse, um, I don't think that's going to work. Yeah.
0: Well, I personally like being in reality. There are some <laughs> funds to being inside of a video game. Uh, the first thing that came to mind was the matrix. And right. while it might be fun to do a, you know, I'd love to go to avatar and be inside that movie, but uh, everyday life, I'd like to actually be at a real desk, uh, not inside of a computer. Um, but where do you see the future of narrative and how can businesses use narrative effectively to, to, push their business or a new product or just kind of reach their target audiences
1: yeah that's a that's a very good question I think that um I think that it really has a lot to do with um uh understanding um if you're a storyteller if you're a business that is uh if you have a business that is uh you know in the process of of telling stories uh you have to understand who you are who your audience is and where you want to take them uh, in the uh, Strategic Storytelling Program and also in the Sea We Swim In, I lay out what I consider the nine key elements of story, and the, um, the first three are the, are the most basic, the most central, and that's the author, the audience, and the journey, uh, and any story is basically uh, you know an author taking his or her audience on s- some sort of journey it starts in one place at one time and ends in another place at another time and along the way things happen that conflicts erupt and so forth uh, and uh, uh, and eventually you have uh, some sort of uh, some sort of resolution now, you know that's just sort of the the basic idea of the narrative arc essentially, uh, which is uh, you know has been at work in uh, film and theater and uh, so forth for in the case of theater for hundreds of if not thousands of years. Uh, the um, uh, but if you are a business, I think that its in, a couple of things are important. One is um, you need to uh, understand that certain stories are going to be uh you know really key to your uh to your identity to how people view you um and uh you know the, it, it's sort of become a truism in marketing today that in the digital age you don't control uh, your image you don't control uh you know what people think of you um the uh, it's it's really you know the consumer who does that. It's your it's your consumers, and with uh, with stories, um, that's uh, that's sort of true, uh, but um, but that is that is to say, stories are I think the best way, the most efficient and effective way to uh, you know sort of get your uh, you, you know get people to uh, you know sort of. Uh, in line with what you would like to be how you would like to be seen so to speak
0: well I think one good way to keep your audience seen in the way you'd like them to see you and your business is to offer the most awesomest customer service like to really put front to mind what is my customer wants and needs and desires and really put that out there and the best possible product and when they talk you up I mean it can only be good stuff. And, but I, you know, one thing I've noticed and tell me if you've seen this, Frank, is that people will have a business and they'll say, well, I have my personal Facebook page and I'll post things that aren't really matching with their business brand, but they're like, ah, oh, that's different. It's my personal page and my per- personal Twitter. But I tell people anything and everything that's digitized stays there in the, digital universe forever you can't make it go away so you really have to be careful because your customers can see some of your personal stuff and it can come up and and tarnish your your actual reputation or your business
1: yeah exactly that's that's very true uh, you know one of the ideas that i develop in the book in the series In, is the idea of a narrative platform and uh, you know my the, the the point there is really that um, everything you do and everything you say um, especially on social media but you know elsewhere including and in, you know in real life uh, is part of your story and uh, you know whether you intend for it to be or not and uh, you need to think of this as essentially a, a, a platform a way to uh, you know connect, Uh, your fans, your customers, uh, whoever you have, uh, and in an ideal world, your customers are your fans, uh, you know, to connect them, not just with you and your company and your products, but with each other in many cases as well. Uh, Because, uh, uh, you know, that's, I think, one of the things that we learned from alternate reality games back 10 or or 12 years ago, that, uh, you know, people want to people want to, you know, share things with one another and they want to, you know, they want to be together. And uh, if you can, uh, you know, sort of create a positive uh, environment uh, where people can do that, you know, build it around your brand, uh, then I think that's a very, uh, you know, very promising thing.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. This recalls for me a recent documentary. I heard uh, the story of Tupperware and I forgot her name, but there was a woman who actually launched. She was a sales marketing genius. And what she ended up doing for Tupperware is bringing into the idea of community, bringing women together and their friends to have these Tupperware parties that had never been done before, but it was a genius marketing idea because it brought community together. People were interacting with each other. It made Tupperware explode, whereas beforehand they weren't super exploding. But it's something to think about with your business. If you can find a way to bring that community you talk about in some fashion and bring your audience together, it kind of cements this kind of family community that will get everyone loving your product
1: exactly exactly and that's that's a great example another example that I one that I use in the book is uh Warby Parker the the um eyeglasses uh you know online and now uh, they have stores as well uh but uh when when they were getting started and it was about 10 years ago when they when they launched um uh you know they didn't have uh, money for ads or anything like that so they decided that um, they would uh, uh, get an old school bus and uh, rip out the inside of it and uh, sort of reimagine it, you know, re- reconstruct it as a sort of combination library and eyeglasses store on wheels. And they sent this bus uh, across the country. Uh, it was called the Warby Parker Class Trip, and uh, they had a they had a, a, a blog that uh, uh, where they. Wrote stories and posted lots of photographs of experiences they had in each town they stopped at along the way, you know, Nashville, Dallas, uh, you know, uh, the West Coast. They went all over the place, and wherever they went, they sort of connected with, uh, you know, with people who were fans of the brand, you know, people who had bought uh, glasses from them before, and 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 uh, and so it created this, uh, you know, I mean, first off, it was something much more uh, valuable, I think, than advertising. Uh, and, uh, and it created this bond between, you know, it, it sort of created the idea of a Boyby Parker type person
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: uh, and people could really identify with that. And I think, you know, that was, uh, that was very early on in their, in their existence. Now they're hugely successful. Um, mm-hmm. you know, that was one of the things that got them established.
0: Yeah, it's a great idea. And the person I'm talking about, the lady that helped launch Tupperware into the stratosphere was Brownie Weiss, if anyone wants to check out her documentary, a fascinating story. It might get people thinking about how they can actually do what you're talking about, actually build that social community with their audience. Uh, You know, we could go on for hours. I know we could, but I don't want us to leave without everyone finding out how they can get a copy of your books and find out more about you, Frank. How can they do that?
1: Thank you. Um, well, the, um, uh, both books are available um, uh, it, uh, on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or um, local bookstores. Uh, so they're, they're widely available. Uh, the Sea We Swim In and the, the uh, older one is The Art of Immersion. Uh, it's available in paperback um, and they're both available as audio books as well. Um, awesome. So wherever books are sold.
0: And do you have a specific website they can... Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, Frankrose.com is uh, where you'll find me. Uh, There's a contact page. I'm happy to hear from anybody. And there's also uh, um, a um, there's a a pages there about the book. You can learn more about the books and uh, other things that I did
0: awesome awesome and it's right there everyone check down below right beneath and uh, thank you so much frank rose for coming today to savvy's unleash your story and sharing your great wisdom thank you
1: thank you like Subscribe and share this episode. To listen to more savvy episodes and savvy biz tips, go to www.lifeunscriptedradio.com. To find out about our paid sponsorship opportunities or how to become a guest, email Christina at lifeunscriptedradio.com.
0: Hurry into Mattress Firm. For a limited time, save up to $500 when you get a king bed for the price of a queen or a queen for a twin. Plus, get a free adjustable base with qualifying Sealy purchases up to a 4 dollars value. Or get up to 60% off America's top-rated brands like Sealy Queen mattresses starting at $279.99 or Sleepy's at $169.99 in stock for fast delivery only at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details.
1: Planning for your next trip?